Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. Let us begin. Hills and welcome. Today is Friends and Family Day and so we are so glad you could join us whether you are online or here in person. If you are here in person, uh, please feel free to pick up a welcome packet on your way out and you can join us for fellowship after service down in Social Hall with coffee and refreshments. Remember that during the summer our women's group, men's group, house party, critical conversations, and movie night, trivia game night are all on hiatus, but will return in September. We are still having our Wednesday Zoom Bible study. Right, the Bible study is on Zoom at 1 o'clock on Wednesdays, and at 7 o'clock on both Zoom and in person is our meditation. So those are still with us. To stay abreast of everything that's going on with our church, you can visit unityfh.com. You can look at our Facebook page, and you can read our weekly newsletter, which is emailed out every Friday. Lynette Kelly is our prayer chaplain today. She is holding us in sacred space during service, 
and she will be available for prayer after service up in the um, balcony. You can also place your prayer requests in the prayer box outside the sanctuary. You can email prayerchaplains at unityfh.com, or you can call our new prayer line, 248-702-0010. And now, as our music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and the opening prayer and meditation. Tennessee. <laughs> uh, I'm so excited. We did Mastermind yesterday morning, like we always do. I had no idea she'd be here today, so thank you for being here. And thank you for the rest of you who are uh, visiting us today as well, online and in person. Well, online and in person. <laughs> Let's go ahead and go into our daily word reading for today. Today's word for Sunday June 26, 2022, is kindness. And the affirmation reads, I am love in action, sharing acts of kindness. Let's affirm that together. I am love in action, sharing acts of kindness. And today's message reads, It is my nature to be kind. Divine love is inherent within me, part of my spiritual identity. Opportunities abound to be kind, and I hold that intention today. Ideas will fill my mind, perhaps as a nudge to call a neighbor, send a note, extend a smile, or give a compliment. Practicing kindness includes sharing my gifts and talents in ways that allow me to express my individuality by giving of myself. Focusing on kindness I am patient in all my dealings and resist, any, resist easy judgments and prejudices. I am keenly aware that challenging situations can frustrate me, but I also welcome them as occasions to call upon my higher self as a loving and peaceful being. The more I practice kindness, the more easily it becomes the song of my heart and my way of life. Today's scripture comes from Zechariah chapter 7, verse 9. Tender, uh, render true judgments, show kindness and mercy to one another. And then there was light. <laughs> Blinding light. No, I'm just kidding. 
let's go into let's go into prayer so i invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath and as you exhale let your focus flow down into the center of your chest which is your heart center Take another deep breath, tuning into that spirit of God within you. The divinity that woke you up today. That has a plan on your life. That is speaking to you always. That is everywhere present. This divinity is that one power and that one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe all the time. God the good, omnipotent. Absolute good, absolutely. And let's take another deep breath and affirm, I am absolute good, absolutely. I am absolute good, absolutely. Let that settle deeply in your heart. God, we thank you for that awareness, that knowing, the ability to be that presence that is you. We let our human side decrease right now. We call forth the Christ within, tuning in to the Christ within each and every person in this space and on Zoom, knowing that your presence is activating us all this receive your message, understand your message, and be your message. And we just sit in that knowing just for a little bit, just for a brief couple seconds or so. And we let it permeate our very being. So I invite you to take another deep breath and breathe in the feeling of love. Exhale deeply. I release. I let go. I let God take away everything that no longer serves me. <coughs> My mind is prepared for today. Take another deep breath, breathing in a feeling of love. And exhale deeply, the presence of love. gift of love that loves us no matter what and we thank you for every single way we experience your acts of kindness through grace through mercy in the mighty name and nature of the indwelling christ we pray thank you god amen you you love me to to sleep with that music, Nicholas. I'm like, okay, I gotta stay awake. <laughs> it's enough my own voice puts me to sleep. And then the music. <laughs> Woo! Okay, wake up, wake up. All right, let's affirm our statement of being together. Not that it's a bad thing, it's a wonderful thing. <laughs> I just make that clear. You don't have to upbeat it anymore. It's perfect. Happy tap dancing while I'm trying to put us through meditation. Nope. <laughs>
was perfect. <laughs> I'm in silly mood today, just so you know. Okay, so let's affirm our statement of being. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our U of H growth affirmation together, knowing that as we affirm this, we are drawing those perfectly identified and perfectly um, aligned. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Aligned souls to join us in growing this church. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Amen.
amen, amen. That is one, that is my all-time favorite song. Wasn't that John Lennon? By John Lennon. O-M-G. Let's give them another hand, please. We got, oh, you got your tissue ready? <laughs> I won't catch you again without tissue. Oh, I need to get some, too. Um, that, you know, that, uh, thank you, thank you. See, my sister got me hooked up. Thank you. <laughs> I, um, one of our uh, visitors said, oh, you guys have a band. I'm like, yep, wait till you hear them. <laughs> Sweet business. So I heard this, uh, I, I heard this story of this uh, young uh, lady in her, in her early 20s. She was, she was talking to a friend of hers, and she was telling her friends, yeah, you know what? My aunts, every time we'd be at a wedding, my aunts would come up to me and say, so, do you think you'll be next? And her friend was like, really? She said, yeah, but I nipped that in a bud. Her friend said, how? She said, now when we're at funerals, I go up to them and say, so, do you think you're going to be next? <laughs> They'll probably be next more for, uh, sooner than her. But yeah, I, I thought that was funny. And I always like starting off with, <laughs> with a laugh. <laughs> I laugh, but I'm trying not to laugh more because to me that's really funny. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we, we have been uh, going through this theme of what you see is what you get in um, this month of imagination. In unity, imag um, June represents imagination, which is our power to perceive, to conce conceive, to image, to visualize and to use our power of imagination to create. The disciple is Bartholomew, but when you read about him in the Bible, you, his name is Nathaniel. So it's both names represent imagination. And this is very powerful because imagination is the womb of our creation. In our mind, it's the womb of our creation. And it's really powerful to think about that because as I was remembering what Charles Fillmore says about faith, Charles Fillmore says that, said that faith is our power to perceive linked with our power to shape substance. Our power to shape substance is imagination. And so when you're really walking in a complete feeling of total trust and total faith in God, you're walking in the consciousness of what you see and the way you see it it's conceived in the mind of God, and you are in tune with that in your mind as well. And so that's something powerful to understand. So as I was meditating, and, and, and I actually walked into this talk right after our uh, service last week, because last week was our Father's Day service, and I was, I was thinking about how I was talking about my father and the type of father he is and has been in our life. And I was remembering that some of us don't have a father who is, because I heard someone say that a father, anyone can be a father, but it takes a special man to be a daddy. And so I was remembering that I did have that in my father, but there are some people who did not. There's some people whose father was present, but not active. And I mentioned this last week, but, and there are some people whose father was present in their imagination but not active at all in their life because they never met their father. And so as I was thinking about that, I was thinking on the way home that some people are probably triggered by Father's Day. 
and Mother's Day for that matter because they didn't have what they felt they should have had as a parent, as a mother or a father. So it was in their mind, how am I going to have a reference point to see God as my daddy or my mommy if I never had that experience in my life, period. And so as I thought about that, I got a couple more confirmations in Bible study and in other conversations that I've had, like with Reverend Bonnie. And I'm going to share something that she gave me permission to share with you all as we go further. And so when I sat with that, I was thinking about how I, when I was younger, when I was a younger, did have a really powerful mother and father in my life. But the, you know, when you bring yourself in, even as a parent, into your, into your child's life, you still bring your issues as well. So even though you may have a, good, a father who's a, a daddy and a mother who's a mommy, the issues that they have, you can still pick up on, and they can still cause mommy-daddy issues. So I say that to say I have had and have some mommy-daddy issues. I do. And it's not just because of them. It's because you perceive how your parents are. And even when they're being a good mommy, a good daddy, sometimes you can perceive them as what the what. And how you internalize that and the story you create in your mind can start off as a false thought and become a false memory and become a false story that you live for a long time until you realize it's not the truth. And so that's what triggers sometimes for me, daddy issues, mommy issues. Because they always didn't show up the way I would have wanted them to. Does that make sense to you all? So I wanted to go deeper into expanding this talk from that started last week and completing it, tying it into the theme, what you see is what you get. So the title of my talk today is how you see is what you get, healing through the power of imagination. And the scripture that I want to use for today that starts off, first I want to start off with a couple uh, evidences in the Bible that you always do have, and you always have had, and you always will have an expression of a father and a mother in your life. In Psalm 68, 5, I feel like flipping through, but I'm going to because... I like reading it from the Bible, and I didn't, I usually mark my pages, but I, I, I like reading from the Bible. And you, I, I invite you, if you feel led, to bring your Bibles with you. I said Psalm 68, 5 says that God is father to the fatherless, defender of widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. So the sacred part of you that never leaves you or forsakes you that is, greatest, that is the greatest and most powerful aspect of you, acts as a father to you and a mother. Then the other, Psalm 103, verse 13. And I, and I love this one, too. And we studied it last week in Bible study. We went a little bit deeper in it. And let me find it. I'm trying to... I'm a little nervous, so... My hands are shaky. I'll just read it from, from uh, what I have it. It says, the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. And when we went deeper into the understanding of this, it can be the Lord actually is a mother, is like a mother as well. But it says, to the, and tender and compassionate to those who fear him. And that word fear, 
does not mean to be afraid of God. In the Hebrew or in the Arabic or Aramaic or with the, the language that it was written from, it actually came from the word to reverence God. Those who reverence God, those who hold God sacred, those who, like we said last week, that Abba Father means Daddy, I will for uh, Daddy, I will follow and obey you. But it also means sir, <laughs> which is interesting because we grew up saying yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am to my parents. It means to honor and hold sacred that part of you that we consider God. And to know deeply that that part of you that we consider God is like a mother or a father for all of us. Even in those moments, and especially in those moments, when our biological parents or our father figure, mother figures have not or could not be that for us. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes? Okay. So let's go into the next scripture, which we're going to be working with. This one is um, in Mark, chapter 8, verse 22 through 26. And this is deep. I use scripture purposely. Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, who are the co-founders of Unity, use scripture. And they said metaphysics is when you use metaphysics through scripture, it brings up the deeper spiritual understanding of it. But it's deeper than that. Because as it brings up the spiritual deeper understanding of it, it brings up the spiritual deeper understanding of you because you get to learn in consciousness who you are. The Bible represents phases of consciousness and how we can use those phases of consciousness, whether it's the human realm that we're working in or the spirit realm that we're working in, to realign ourselves with the consciousness of God inside of us and then bring forth in our consciousness heaven on earth and then be that expression in this world of heaven on earth. And so as we read this in Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it's Jesus is healing a blind man. And we see in here where Jesus did heal a blind man. A couple times we see examples of Jesus in the Gospels healing a blind man. And this one, it starts off, it says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Now, the reason they did that is because there have been several times that Jesus touched people and healed people, and that's actually how Jesus got people's attention. That's how he got their attention, because if you're caught up in your work, your hurts, and you're caught up in your survival mode, and you're caught up in your issues and your diseases and all of that, it's hard for you to, for you to hear the spiritual teachings. So he healed to get their attention. And so people knew this, so they bring people for him to heal. And he get their attention. And then he'd drop, some, drop a line on them of divine, divine ideas, divine wisdom. The next verse said, Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and said, Can you see anything now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Verse 24, the man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. Let me just connect, uh, align myself. Ooh, God, I hear you. I feel you moving deeply. I almost feel like I'm being knocked out of my shoes. So let me just center myself, release the human attachment of being perfect. And move into surrendering to 
to your way, your will, and your divine word. Thank you, God. Amen. And so that touches me because when I, was, I knew I was called to ministry, one of the things that I kept saying is, I'm not perfect yet. I'm not ready yet. I got all these mistakes. I got all these places inside of myself. Those stories were going on inside of me from my mommy, daddy issues and other issues that I created as well. And so it knocked me off my feet when God said, in your process lies my perfection. If I've called you, then I've ordained you. And I will sustain you to be my presence as you speak. And so I have, when I say I let my human decrease, I let all the expectations of trying to be perfect so that I meet everybody's needs go away. And I let God come forth knowing that God will do it through me. Does that make sense to everybody? So a lot of times, I, the reason I put the jokes in my talks is because I'm nervous as all get out when I come up here, just as a confession to you all. So the Bible starts off, this scripture starts off, and it says that they arrived, when they arrived at Bethsaida, and this is the time in our life now, when I said that we, some of us are triggered by Mother's Day or Father's Day, some of us may be triggered by other things too, and they really hit and hit home. And when you get to the point that you are ready to let it go, when you're ready because you realize it's no longer serving you, I promise you it's serving you somehow. Because it's somehow connected to your testimony to walk in your plan and your ministry in this world. And it doesn't matter if you're a minister or not. Every single one of us has a ministry. It's how you show up in the world. And when you show up in the world fully in your consciousness of God, the way you show up letting God guide you is your ministry. And the way you show up showing your testimony and giving your testimonies and the thing that you've overcome is your ministry. It shows that these things that I do, you can do, and greater because in your world is greater than your thing, whatever you're going through, for you that's greater than it was for me. Does that make sense to everybody? And so everybody is walking in a ministry of overcoming something, something. And today we're going to walk in the consciousness of how do we shift how we see it through imagination to get what we truly want. And so when you get to that point where you're ready, you've moved into Bethsaida. Bethsaida represents a consciousness of being spiritual, spiritually minded. It means moving away from what is in the human realm of what you think you know and being willing to move into the consciousness of the spirit realm that knows all things. And Bethsaida represents that spiritually minded consciousness of moving forward into that realm. You're ready to receive. And then it says, some brought, so some people brought a blind man. When you go through the consciousness that you're ready to be healed, you're ready to be stronger. When I told God I marry you and no man will ever come before you again in my life, and if they do, I give you permission because I know God has us, gives us free will. So I gave God permission. Don't you, I don't even have to tell you. I'm telling you right now, on two, in, um, uh, uh, it was June 14, 2003 that I told God, I'm telling you right now you have my permission for the rest of my life to take that person out of the way, even if it's me. And I realize that it's always me. I choose to make things my idol. It's always me. Now, it took me a little bit longer to get that one, but it is. It's always me. And it took me longer to take accountability and responsibility for that, too, because you don't feel good sometimes when you realize, ooh, I'm putting myself through that on my own. It ain't what they did that's called, ooh, you made me angry, you made me upset, and my daddy did this, my mom, uh-uh-uh. 
They did a thing, you interpreted that thing, and you took that thing and interpreted it as good or bad, and now you're living in the consciousness of whether it's good or bad. So if our parents didn't show up a certain way that we thought they would, and we think it's a bad thing, out of that consciousness is where we're living that over and over and over again. And the beautiful thing that I love about God is God meets us right where we are. And there's something I heard in Bible study that I loved last week in Bible study, and that's um, part of this 12-step program that we come to an awareness that there's a power greater than me. And when you come to that awareness that there's a power greater than you, you're in Bethsaida. Does that make sense? You've moved into Bethsaida. And then when you decide to let that power guide you into your healing, the blind men come and all those, who, all those parts of your consciousness that need to be healed and transformed come. And so it says that uh, people brought the blind man. Blind man, rep man represents a divine idea of God. You are a divine idea of God. Man represents that. And when the blind, there's a blind man, it means that you are blinded to the consciousness of who you are. You're so busy focused on the physical realm and the physical identification of yourself that you are no longer seeing. You're blinded to the consciousness of who you truly are. And so as we, as Jesus, the beautiful thing is what Jesus did is Jesus took hold of that man and took him out of that village where he was, where he was seeing himself as blind. God will lead us out of the consciousness through divine ideas, through divine thoughts. Something will come into your mind for you to ponder that will take your attention off of what you thought you missed or what you thought was your issue or whatever's going on inside of you. Something will take you and distract you off of it and guide you out of that village because now that you're out of that village, God can work inside of you and co-create inside of you through your imagination the truth of who you are. And actually it's clearing your vision because we already have the potential of who we are when we're, given bo when we're born. Do you remember your imagination when you were little? Do you remember how you used to imagine things when you were little, or am I the only one? Like, I had some way big imagination <laughs> when you're little, right. It doesn't go away unless we make it go away. Unless we make it go away and we limit it by focusing on something that we zero in on and we see something that keeps us from seeing the infinite that we are because we're fo focused on the, the um, limited that we are. I was so busy trying to be perfect. I saw every area in my life that I was limited, separate, and wrong and making a mistake. And then, of course, you got to have a consequence, so I always beat myself up on it. I didn't need anybody to tell me I was wrong. I'd already done it to myself done it so bad that I didn't think I needed to be here anymore. I, I, I didn't want to be here anymore. I honestly had thoughts of taking my own life. And this may sound crazy, as crazy as crazy can be, but it's my story and it's my truth. When I was 18 years old, I had put myself through so much turmoil and so much hell, and I had talked myself. See, when you're in that, that village, and all those thoughts come up, and all those people condemn you, all those thoughts in your mind condemn you, I literally jumped in front of a bus, literally, in air. And it's interesting how God knows, when, when, tells you, I ain't, I ain't done with you yet. Because at the time, it was a thunderstorm going on. And the wind blew me back from it. I, didn't, I was like, one minute, super... And the next minute, uh, blown back. Crazy. So when people tell me miraculous things happened in their life, 
that could never, you could never imagine how. I promise you I understand that. And when it happened years ago, that where I was was on Greenfield walking toward from Finkel to Grand River. There's a sidewalk, there's a brick wall, and then on the other side was a shopping strip and the parking lot was there. The wind blew me on the other side of that and knocked me out. And so when I came to and the rain was storming on me, I heard the bus stop, I heard them looking for me. I heard them get off, did you see her? Yes, sir, that's crazy. Are you sure? Yes, sir, where is she? I don't know. And they got on the bus and drove off. By the time they drove off, I was coming, like sitting up. And I was angry at God. I don't want to go through those issues anymore for my life. I don't want to have to go through that and feel alone and feel by myself. How are you going to have a mother and father who are mommy and daddy and you have all these issues where you feel alone in your house? Anybody in here ever feel alone? Anybody in here get triggered and you have these feelings where it's this reoccurring feeling of being alone and separate? Not good enough. Like, how do I heal this? A reoccurring thing going on inside of you. That's what I had. And I was angry because I didn't want to live that anymore. But God knows better than we do. And so here, when, I, when you get to the point of Bethsaida, I had my point of Bethsaida I, uh, years later. I finally got to the point where I said, okay, God, I want your help. I want help with this. I, I know I can do this. And so I, was, I was, um, went to see my minister. His name is Reverend Bolton. I talked about him last week. And he had me read two books by John Bradshaw. One of them is Creating Love, and the other one is Healing the Shame to Bind You. And I love the Healing the Shame to Bind You because he uses the 12-step program, and he uses that to help you move through Healing the Shame to Bind You. But in Creating Love, he talks about the imagination. He talks about how we use it in a dysfunctional way, and then he talks about how we can use it in a functional way. And Charles Fillmore talks about that too, who's a co-founder of Unity, as I said. He talks about how we can use the power of our imagination, which is a spiritual faculty on how we create, to step into the consciousness of the truth of who we are, to heal, to shift, to realign any part of your life. And so what I did back then was I went into consciousness, and I imagined my adult self talking to my little Kelly. And I imagined myself telling little Kelly all the things she needed to hear that she didn't get from her parents or anybody else who she really trusted, who fell short in her eyes. And I saw myself asking her, one day when you get older, you're going to have to, you don't understand it now, but you'll forgive. You'll forgive yourself for putting the limits on them, the expectations on them, and then judging them for falling short. And you'll forgive yourself for reliving that story over and over again. And it's okay to have that story. It's okay because it's a part of your life, it's a part of your journey, it's a part of your growth and your development. And I put myself through that. And when Jesus pulls the man out of the village, he's holding the man's hand, he, which means to hold to the idea in that imagination until you get it. He spits in the man's eyes, which is our process of the fourth unity principle. In unity, our fourth unity principle says, through prayer and imagination, denial and affirmation, we align our minds with God. So you deny, you go into meditation, you go into prayer, and you align yourself with God, knowing and feeling and Seeing the truth, deny the power of what's untrue that you've been reliving over and over again, which is what I did back then. And I still do it over and over again. 
and then you speak the truth to the child. You are beautiful, Kelly. You don't feel it, you didn't, you, I know you don't feel it right now because I can feel you, but you are beautiful. And I know when your mommy and daddy tell you that, you just say, you tell me that because you love me. And that's what I used to tell my parents. You're beautiful, Kelly, you're proportioned. I thought I was too skinny, I was called bird legs and since I had small breasts, I was teased from that. And I had glasses, I was teased about that too. So I walked around with a lot of a low self-esteem issue. And my parents used to tell me, you are beautifully proportioned. And I'd say, you just telling me that because you're my daddy and my mama and you love me. Isn't that crazy? That's how it feels inside of me at that time. So I told that little girl, you're going to think that you may think this way, but it is your truth. And when you get older, you'll believe it. Because until you believe it, it won't be your truth. Wherever it is that you are going through an issue right now, wherever it is that there's a mommy issue, a daddy issue, or whatever, let's make Father's Day a beautiful day. Let's make Mother's Day a beautiful day. Let's make any day in your life a beautiful day where there no longer has to be an issue that is holding you and shackling you in this village of false thinking, of false beliefs of that which is untrue. And you're gonna have a whole lot of people jump on that wagon with you unless you pull yourself out. You gotta come to that Seda because it means you gotta be ready to change. Are you ready to change? Yes. Only a few people? <laughs> okay, I'll give you a chance when we get a little bit later. I won't, get, <laughs> won't put you on the spot right now like I normally do. So the first step is acknowledging the blind thought. Acknowledge the blind man. Acknowledge the issue. Get real with it. Let yourself feel it hurting. Look at it deeply, go deeply into it. I used to run from it because it hurt too much and I thought I couldn't handle it, but I promise you, when you go deeply into it, you can handle it. You can handle it. So acknowledge it and go deeply into it. Let yourself cry it out, let yourself feel it out. Let yourself understand deeply why you're hurting and understand, even if you don't know the why, understand how you feel. Because how you feel is what you're seeing, and what you're seeing through how you feel is what you're getting because that's what you're co-creating in your imagination. Does that make sense? And so let yourself feel it. Let yourself feel that inner child crying through you and acknowledge them. It's okay. It's okay. And then go into taking control over your mind by saying, even though this is how I feel, it's not my truth. And that's when you use the fourth unity principle of denying the power of the thought. Hug it, embrace it. Deny the power of it. And then speak the truth into it like I did with my little Kelly. And I felt myself, I felt my little Kelly feeling and believing it as I embraced myself and told myself that and asked myself, affirm it. I'm pretty. And I said, I'm pretty. I heard myself say it. And then as you're transmuting that thought, and you're telling your child the truth, that's when you move into forgiveness. Because you gotta let it go. The truth is we all do the best we can with what we know how. Our parents who weren't there, our parents who were there but were absent, our parents who were there and were active in our life but still had their issues that came in there too. They all did the best they can and we did too growing up when we took on those stories. My father used to get mad when my mom and father used to argue. He would leave, storm out the house and leave. One day he screeched out the driver because he was so angry. And I heard my mama say, I don't think he's coming back. And that hurt me because he's leaving me too. 
Why would my daddy leave me? And that created an issue in me. He always came back, and he came back then too. But I was afraid to say something to hurt my father, upset my father for him because he would leave. But the thing is, he always came back. I was more scared that my mom would get upset at me and never come back because I never had the experience with her coming back. Does that make sense to everybody? So when I was in therapy, it was harder for me to tell my mother my issues that I had with her than my father because I was afraid she'd get upset at me and she'd leave. And she wouldn't talk to me again. That's an irrational thought, but that was my story. That was my mommy issue. And then when I went into treating that inner child, I told her, even if your mommy or your daddy leave, God is always there. Do you believe it? And she said, yes. I said, say it. My mommy and daddy may leave, but God is always there. And I heard myself say it to my heart and heard myself say it to my inner child, and I received it deeply. And that healed that in me. It healed it deeply in me. And it started my process of healing the disease to please. I've told you all about my disease to please. That goes into the first, the first part of it where when Jesus spit on the man's eyes, he went through the fourth unity principle of aligning your mind with God. And then he asked him, can you see? And the man said, yeah, I can see, but not clearly. Man looked like uh, walking trees. So I had started the beginning of that process of healing that. But you got to stay on it. You got to stay focused. You got to keep going deeper into it, which means there needs to be another treatment, which is why Jesus treated him again and then asked, can you see? And so when you go into your consciousness, you have to be able to see it first. I heard this story from another minister who was saying that, there was this lady at a, a church, and somebody came who, pray, who was a really powerful prayer, uh, prayer warrior in her church, and she was the, um, one of the uh, leaders of the church. She didn't want to be around him. She didn't want him to pray for her. She didn't believe it. And so he cornered her finally, and he prayed with her. He said, she had really thick glasses, and she couldn't see, and she wanted to see. So he said, I want to pray with you so that you can see without your glasses. And so she, he said, all, she said, all right. So he prayed with her while her eyes were closed. And he said, now, can you see? She tried to open her eyes. He said, don't open your eyes. Tell me if you, and she kept her eyes closed. He said, can you see? She tried to open her eyes again. He said, no, don't open your eyes. And he asked her again, can you see? She tried to open her eyes. He said, I don't want you to open your eyes. You have to see it in the spirit realm. You have to see it and believe it inside yourself first before you can see it and believe it and experience it in the world. He said, sit there for a minute. Pray over yourself. She did. She spoke in tongues. That's the experience that they did in their church. And then he said, when you're ready, open your eyes. When you can see it fully in your mind's eye, the power of your imagination ignited and working in your mind's eye, then open your eyes so you can see it in the physical realm. She opened her eyes and she could see and she no longer needed her glasses. You have to see it. And you have to see it not with the consciousness of that human and the emotion. Take the human out. There is no human in spirit. There's only truth in spirit. Take the human out, human out and change how you see it from the human realm to the spirit realm that it is possible. It is possible. All things are possible. And so when you acknowledge the blindness, you move into taking control over your mind. You transmute those thoughts into the truth. You do that and, and, and you forgive. And then the fifth, the uh, fourth thing, well, the fifth thing is you begin to see it and live it in the truth that you are. And I promise you, 
Any issues in your body started with issues in your mind. Cancer in the body is connected to unforgiveness somehow. You got to move into a state of forgiveness. Doctors are, not, doctors are now telling people that. As a matter of fact, when the cancer revisited my mother, her doctor told her, go to a therapist because you need to move through healing it psychologically and spiritually and through the body. If you got someone that's spiritual, she said, yeah, she's going to church. He said, we're going to tackle this mind, body, and spirit. She wasn't, it wasn't her time this time around. I believe she'll be back. But the lesson that my mama was meant to get she got it, and when she transitioned, she transitioned in peace. She really did. When I was younger, she had a near-death experience. In 2003, she went through cancer. 2004, they said she was in remission. 2005, it came back. So she had several second chances. And when she transitioned, she walked into her real home, the spirit realm, without that issue anymore. Does that make sense? At the end, Jesus tells this dude, don't go back into the village on your way home. Do your best not to revisit the thoughts, because there will be phantom energies there. A thought holds a place marker in your mind. You got to transmute it to a higher vibration. And when you do other thoughts that are connected to that, hold the phantom areas in your mind. You got to transmute it every second of the day. So this means that when you start practicing it, which is what it means to uh, use your, he, he grabbed this hand, it means to put it into action. And when he told him, do not go through that village, don't go back, don't go around the same people unless you're rooted in your truth. And then you can, but make it your lifestyle. Does that make sense to everybody? I want you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath. Bring forth whatever you feel in your heart you need to release. And even if it's just a thought, a feeling, an emotion, a circumstance, a situation, just bring to your mind whatever you feel is time to release. And take a deep breath and breathe into that feeling. You're moving into Bethsaida right now. And as you move into Bethsaida, put your hand over your heart and say to that person, that feeling inside, it's okay. I love you. I feel it. I feel you deeply. It's time to heal. We're taking control over our mind because the ego hijacked your mind in that moment, which is why you kept reliving it. So we're going to that moment, that feeling, that thought, and we're taking control over it. And affirm, I am perfect, whole, and complete. And this thought that I'm feeling is as well. I move into forgiveness, God. Forgive me for I knew not what I did when I created this illness, this issue, this circumstance. I turn it over to you. And as I do, Abba Daddy, I will follow and obey you. Thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love and healing. I will live it in my life and make it my lifestyle. I will revisit this as many times as I need to, to go deeper into it. But for now, I thank you for the healing that occurred right now. And see it and feel yourself moving into peace. Even put a smile on your face.
that you, and if you don't feel it right now, that's okay. Smile because it is there, and you may not feel it, but it is there. Acknowledge it. Smile into acknowledging that it's there. And say, Amen. Thank you, God. Now open your eyes. Are you really ready to live the truth that you know now? Yes? Yes. Thank you. Amen. of heights to the depths of the sea.
Thank you, thank you. That was amazing. You want to put this one, Berkeley? That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> you know, when it says you put the stars in the sky and you know them by name, do you know you're a star, a star in God's sky and God knows you by name, knows all of your issues, knows everything that you're here to heal? So I just, I just thought that was amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let us bring to mind, and I apologize for going late. I, 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 I just wanted to let God guide. I um, didn't close your eyes and take a deep breath. And bring to mind what you feel led to give for a donation today. And let us go ahead and affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. And you know you can do your uh, donations online to unityfh.com. There will be someone in the back corner to receive your donations here, and you can send in your check. Um, I want us to uh, acknowledge the birthdays for June. So those of you who had a, birth a birthday in June, can you stand if you're here? <clears throat> Yay! So we're going to sing happy birthday. And we'll say the other part, uh, you are wonderful. Dang, I forgot it. Well, you, I'll lead you. So let's go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. So we'll give them a hand, and that includes anniversaries too, so if anybody had an anniversary in June as well. Let's stand up so we can do our prayer for protection. Remember after service, to, uh, come downstairs so we can do our fellowship. There's light refreshments and everything. And thank you again for those of you who came to visit. So let's go ahead and do our prayer for protection. Together, the light of God surrounds us, the love of God enfolds us, the power of God protects us, the presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is, and all is well. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.